Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Be as expressive as you like as well. But I will help you with that part anyway. Just so you know, I'm a storyteller. Like you ask me a question, I'm Oh, talking. I love that. That's me. So I overshare. Good. Yeah, trust me, Sometimes I'm Sometimes I overshare. I will... I think we kind of spoke about this before as well. If, especially if, if I'm interested in someone and he asks me, how was your day? Oh, I'm telling him. Every, like, start to finish. To bits. Everything that went wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like, oh, do you know what, today, so I woke up and then I'm like... Do you know, I did this and then flipping hands. I like, stubbed my toe and I cried a bit. Exactly. Like. I recorded the pod. This is the conversation that we... And then like, it just all ends up being a whole big They thing. always regret asking. Yes. <laughs> well, do you know what? If they're interested in you more time, they're... You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think there just gets a point where like, if you've been with someone for a long period of time, yeah. they're just asking you just a quick yeah. question and not every quick question needs to be... Has a long answer. Absolutely. Do you get know what I'm saying? Yeah. I right. That. So, Naya... Nia. Nia. I hadn't, okay. even, I hadn't even clocked. Have you been calling me that the whole time? I have. Is that what you shouted out there? Yes. <laughs> I didn't even realise. Uh, sorry. That's all right. You, uh, you Nia's with us, everyone. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. Very good. Sorry yeah. that I've been saying your name wrong this That's whole okay. time. That's all right. I'll let that slide this time. Am I the only one? The only one that gets it wrong? Yeah. No, I get Nia. I've had... Noah a few times like Noah? I get, yeah I get wow. all sorts Okay fair. It's Nia. Nia I say think of your knee Okay think of your <laughs> knee And wh- which area are you from by the way? Uh, from Hastings Hastings yeah Oh yeah you did tell You did say that to me And Hastings is where Is that like Where in the country is that? It's down near like Brighton It's a seaside town So it's just like a town over From like Eastbourne kind of way But yeah, it's seaside, Fair. fishing huts, like all of that. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Yeah, yeah up them sides there. I bet you have some uh, mean fish and chips up there, though. Oh, yeah, banging, what? banging. Come get and some. You know me, I'm a fish and chips man, you know. Oh, you have to be. Like, I ain't as a fish Brit. and chips for a minute, but Fridays, that was my day for fish and chips. That was me. Fish and chips Friday in that. <laughs> I hear you. We and there's get one it place in Southwark, I can't even remember the name of it, yeah, but they do their fish and chips slaps to bits every time. Anyone that knows 
where it's like near the Lady Margaret Road. Big up to all those who know about the Lady Margaret Road fish and chips joint that um, is blue and yellow, yeah? Been there for years. They know me when I step in there. They don't know me, know me, but they see me and they're like, they just know. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah? But that's the me. The usual, yeah? The usual, yeah, exactly. Cod and chips. But to be honest with you, I can't really always work out the difference between haddock and chips and cod and chips. I just... I don't know the difference. But that shit just looks the same. It's there's white a fish, price. isn't it? Like, it's just, what, what's the difference? Like There's a, there's a difference in price. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's definitely. a difference in price. And depending on how hungry I am, is I just go for the bigger one, which costs the more expensive. Just give me that. You know what I'm me, saying? I want the fat one. Right, want right. The fat then. one. <laughs> She's talking about fish. Yeah, anyway. yeah, the fish. The fish. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, okay. So let me let's just get let's get straight to this because we were supposed to do this a while ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. On a shout out to Sheila as well, who helped um, connect the dot again because. This was something I wanted to do from time ago. You'd hit me up ages ago. Yeah. Uh, but now we're here. I think I actually had um, one of my followers commented on your post and was like, oh, you should get you should get nearing because yes. she's got this allergy. And then, yeah, so shout out to that follower. I That's think. exactly what happened. So honorable <laughs> shout out to that. But whoever that is, and I remember the message, actually. I remember the message. And so, like, whoever that is, she'll... Right now, she's gonna be, she's beaming. Yeah, you you match, like, match made us. Exactly. Set this up. So, let me just set this so that people, so we're, like, everyone kind of understands, because I want to paint a picture here, yeah? Yeah. So, as of today, you are a lifestyle and beauty content creator, essentially. Yeah, I would say chronic illness, like, would be, like, a chronic illness content creator would be, like, my main title, because I'd say that that's what, my main focus is really? is living life with a, a chronic illness. So that's like the the basis of my content. But alongside it, I like to do lifestyle and beauty stuff because I like to keep my sense of self very visible through my videos. Like I'm not just the girl with the water allergy. So I try and sort of diversify my content in that way to kind of cater to everything that I love. Right, so people that would have just heard you say that would have said, what? And so that was going to be my next part. So, let me get this straight, yeah? Essentially, you have a water allergy. Yeah, so it's called aquagenic pruritus. It's technically classed as a skin condition, um, but it started when I was a little kid and I would have, like, these really random like burning and itching like sensation all over my body after every time I came into contact with water and um it's a very long story about my diagnosis and stuff but yeah essentially it translates into water contact on my skin causes an allergic reaction we're going to get through everything and I'm going to go through and overshare yeah, it's a long old story. So no, yeah, I want to. I want to. I'm so interested in it. I want to know everything. Yeah, as much as possible. Anyway, yeah. So, and I'm gonna split it into sections. So, um, let me start with. Let's start from you being young, like yeah. you being a child. When did you realize or notice that something was different about you? Um, I'd say I was about five years old um, when it started to really, well, I was born with baby eczema anyway. So like I was literally diagnosed with eczema 
like the first couple of months of me being alive it was really really severe eczema as a child so I feel that that was like an early indication of the fact that I was going to have quite problematic skin because it was it was very bad eczema like my ears like would peel away from like I had cuts there like mm. as a baby and stuff so that's where it started and then as time went on like when I was about five like I say I'd start having these like this intense pain after every like one in 10 showers that I'd take so it wasn't every single time it was just like every once in a while yeah, yeah so yeah. it was very inconsistent at first so it was really hard to like pinpoint what was causing it so at that time like because I'd obviously been very like you know a, a regular at the doctors already because of my eczema and the severity of it like my mum took me back to the doctors and she was like you know that something's wrong when she's having a shower and a bath like she's reacting really weirdly to it and they just kind of said oh it's probably the eczema reacting like to the to the water or whatever and it's probably just nothing mm. so they said just try and you know remove perfumed soaps from your routine mm. try and take all of the little things out and kind of just work out if it's any product that you're using that's putting you in pain mm. and so we did that and once I, so it was a process of elimination really just sort of changing up my showering routine every time and then I got to a point where I was using just water and I was still having the allergic reaction so obviously what did that reaction look like as well so see like when it was happening did it would it happen after you got out and it was like or as the water was on you did it did you feel that burning sensation as the water was on you then so it starts within the first five minutes of water contact so if you know in, if i'm still in the shower after five minutes it will sort of start to it goes in stages so it starts off as like a prickly sensation almost like stinging nettles mm -hmm. like if you've stung yourself like that it'll start off like prickly 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 and then it will progress to an itch but like it adds so it will be prickling and then the itch will come on top of it and be alongside it at the same time right. so it's like simultaneous pain so i'm prickling and itching at the same time and that'll be for the first like 10 minutes or so and then after 10 minutes it'll a burn will come into it as well so then a burning sensation will come from like underneath the skin and then i'm dealing with the prickling itching and burning sensation all at once on my whole body um, and that will happen within 15 minutes of the initial contact with water and how long would it last for like then that, at that point at that point it was much shorter I'd say it would last an hour maximum um, but at this point in my life my longest allergic reaction to date has been four hours wow so it's definitely got worse as time's gone on so you went through the process of elimination and then it got to a point where you just had water yeah and it and it still happened so then yeah. what happened then so it was a really difficult time because where it was a really or it still is a really poor like under researched condition when we went to the doctors and i said or my mum said at that, because I was quite young, um, we think that maybe it's the water that she's having reactions to. They gaslit me majorly. They just said there, well, the doctor sat me there and she said, there is no such thing as an allergy, 
allergy to water like it's not possible for you to be allergic to water so I had that sort of reaction from the doctors for the next like five years or so right so then what in that five years was you just having to just deal with it yeah for real it took me in total it took me 12 years to eventually get a diagnosis for my condition because in that time I very much started to believe that it was in my head because I was being told that it was in my head at the doctors every time I went to the doctors they were saying it's just your eczema so eventually by my like by my teens I'd completely convinced myself that it was all in my head and that it happened this sort of thing happened to everyone when they had a shower and that maybe I was just not very good at dealing with it right because because there's, there's so much like the eczema is quite common amongst yeah. like kids and babies and or even just people anyway yeah it's really common um so then yeah I could easily see how you would then just think oh okay well maybe I'm just the one out of the bunch that isn't able to just deal with it the same yeah, way yeah I thought it was me like I've you know it you know your inner voice like can be a really kind of like it can be a bully mm. and it, at that time in my life like I was very much thinking along the lines of you're just weak like you can't you know, you're you're dealing with something that everyone is going through, but you just can't handle it. Like, because that is the point that the doctors convinced me that it wasn't happening to. Like, I really believed that I was just creating this pain in my head and that there, it wasn't actually real and valid. So it was really hard for a long time because I kind of just dealt with it hid it from all of my peers and you know I wasn't very open with it like like I didn't tell any of my family members apart from like my immediate family who lived with me and had to see it so it was really isolating was you trying to hide it from them as well your mum and the people that you lived with luckily I my mum always believed me like I was always lucky enough to have parents who supported what I was going through like there was no like gaslighting from them like even though the doctors were telling me that it wasn't real and it wasn't as bad as I was saying it was they were witnessing it so I was lucky that I had a lot of support from my immediate family and they very much like helped me through it but um I think we all just spent a very long time feeling very confused like because you know we knew that I was something was going on but it's just kind of like when you go to the doctors and you don't get any validation that's really hard Mm. because then it like then it feels like there's no escape in it yeah absolutely I felt like I was stuck with it like I well it took me 12 years in total to get my diagnosis from the point of you know from when I was five I didn't get my diagnosis until I was 17 years old and in that time, I spent probably six of those years in denial that it was happening, like just completely just like, no, this, it can't be as bad as I'm thinking that it is because the doctors are telling me so. So when I got to the end of those 12 years, like when I got to like my sort of 17 years old, um, I remember I had this one really defining moment where I had this one shower that was so incredibly painful, like I cannot even explain to you, like I came out in the most pain that I've ever been in my life. And 
I would do this often like I'd often like google my symptoms and just type in like random things like you know my skin itches after I have a shower or why does water burn my skin like I would always type in different variations of it just to see if I could find anything and um that was when that day after that shower I found a article about a girl in America I think she was from Utah and she'd been diagnosed with acrogenic urticaria so it's the same thing as my condition but it's just that she gets visible hives when she, when she has an allergic reaction so What's that's a hive so a hive is like a red patch like a risen like a welt like a okay. a risen up wet red patch on your skin um to show irritation but um so to explain urticaria is the word that is used to explain that sort of reaction where it comes up in like red welts and like you can see that there's a reaction going on on the skin but pruritus which is my diagnosis is one that isn't visible so it's that you can feel the intense burning you can feel the intense pain of the allergic reaction but it's not showing anything it's not no. red it's not <laughs> any of that so that's the difference between aquagenic urticaria and aquagenic pruritus right interesting so stepping back actually yeah between 13 and 16 yeah those are like high school years yeah and like high school can be well secondary school however you want to say it like those years can be like quite brutal there's like bare things going on it's like it's tough, tough isn't it yeah? yeah what like what kind of friendship group did you have did was they aware of what was going on and was and what was that like i hid it very much from like groups of people because like you say i didn't want to become that girl like if i'd have been known as the girl with the allergy to water at It would have been a madness. Oh my God, it would have been game over. Like, I'm not gonna, I, and do you know what? I'm not even going to lie. I am such a sympathetic guy. And you I've would never have flamed liked, me, I And bet. I've never liked anyone, I never, especially girls, being bullied. But I, I think the jokes would have flown exactly. from, with, with me. They write themselves, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have flown to bits. Honestly. Honestly, I would have been the, and I knew that, like I knew that. So, and even though I had an inkling of what it was, like this was before I actually had a diagnosis. So right. I had, bearing in mind, like if I were to tell people about it, I didn't even have a name for the condition. Right. So I could be like, how would the conversation go? I'd be like, um, well, yeah, I have this thing where, where, where I have a shower, I come out in loads of pain, I itch for hours, I cry, I roll around mm. and then it goes and I don't know what it is. You'd be like, what? Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. So it didn't make sense to me to do like, do up story time with my friends. Cause okay. it was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm, I don't have all the information to even tell. So the only person when I was at secondary school that knew was my best friend Lizzie, because we were close enough that she would actually like, sort of be around my house that like she'd witness me right. go take a shower have to come out and be in pain so I really just had like one like I had loads of friends but I had one friend specifically that knew what was going on and what it was as much as I did and at that point it was just showers um I think so so 
yeah from what i can recall it was just showers at that point yeah so it's it's slowly as time's gone on like as, as i've got older it's very soon after the showers started to ha- the shower re- allergic reaction started to happen it did progress to rain i remember like a couple years after i think i was in like no i must have been in college when i had my first allergic reaction from the rain so you know i was kind of like i was like 18 no how old are you at college 17 yeah, yeah well yeah 17 18 yeah, yeah i was yeah. like 17 so i think that was when it progressed to rain as well and then I think about three years after that, it started happening with sweat and my right. own tears as well. So it's so one your th- own tears as well. Mm. So see with the like, see when it was rain, did you know immediately your feet because it's the same sort of sensation, isn't yeah, it? For yeah, for real. Yeah. Like in my gut, I always knew yeah. it was the water because when it's you living it, it's you doing it every day. Like you form the patterns in your head. Like you start to recognize what, what it's connected to do you know what I mean and I worked out pretty early on that it was water but when obviously I had the professionals sort of fighting against me on that I kind of didn't want to believe that Mm. it was water but then when it by that point I had found that article online and I had uh, this was when I was 17 years old um I'd found that article online I'd printed it out about the girl in America and I took that to my doctors and that is what actually got the ball rolling to get me my diagnosis I literally slapped it on the table I was like look at this I was like you've been telling me that this doesn't exist for 12 years yeah and I've got a name for it now so what are you gonna do do you know what I I tell like I say this and I I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm the greatest when it comes to this but I would say that when you know or when you feel that there's something wrong you actually really just have to keep pushing for it yeah because sometimes that what we'll do is and i've done this many of times where i've gone to the doctors not well something like something's not right yeah and then ultimately when i'm going there i'm looking for some form of confirmation bias though yeah because i don't want anything to be wrong yeah so the moment that they tell me no, 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 everything's all right. Then You're I just like, grab that and yes. I just leave with it. But then you, <laughs> you know what? Skip out all exactly. happy. <laughs> but then you know, though, no, but something ain't right, though. Like, something ain't right. And, like, it's so important to keep pushing for it just to see if you can get yeah. some something definitive. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely, because at the end of the day, you're your own biggest advocate. Like, no one knows your body and how it usually operates better than you. Mm. And so then no one's more qualified to detect when it's not working properly than you. So when I went to the doctors and I was kind of like, you know, I felt like, it, you know, it's, it was a 12-year period that I was going to the doctors and trying to get this diagnosis. So in that time, like, I was proper kicking and screaming, like, just, you know, mm. the there were many, many times where I was so frustrated because I was just like, give me something, like, mm. please. like. But it's just, I always knew that there was something wrong and I just needed that validation and I got that that day from the internet and yeah. luckily I was and able that to... get the ball rolling. Yeah, and then I was then referred on to a specialist here in London and then that was where I got my diagnosis later on right so so just just before I get to that bit yeah yeah was you did you get was you ever scared of drinking it did you get scared of drinking it when you realised that there was some there was a problem 
but there was no name for it. There wasn't a thing, like, no one was giving you a definitive answer on something, yeah? Yeah. Like, what was your relationship like with just even this? So, it was a weird one because back then, I say back then because it is different yeah, now. Of course, yeah. But, um, Back then, water, it, it didn't affect me internally at all. Like, I could drink, like, I was drinking up to, like, two litres of water a day. Like, at that point, I was fine. I had noticed early on that it was, it only seemed to be my skin. Mm. Um, so that kind of felt quite relieving. Like, it, I'm a bit of a worrier anyway. Like, I find anything to worry about. But I wasn't worried about it becoming internal because... Once I found a name for it, I did a lot of research on it and I worked out that it is categorised as a skin condition mainly, um, but there were always like things that said that it can progress to be an internal allergy mm. as you get older, but I kind of just hoped for the best, but I am definitely seeing signs of it becoming internal now. How much do scientists and doctors and that know about it now here like and what do you know the actual what's actually happening when this when this is happening so when water touches your skin i don't i'm not 100 percent sure simply because they're not they're not 100 percent sure so their research into it is really limited um, because it's so hard to get a diagnosis. So that's why I talk so openly about it online and about my diagnosis and how long it was, how long it took me to get it because I think there's a lot more people out there who are suffering from this than are being recorded because obviously if people are getting turned away and gaslit for 12 years like I was, then it's likely that there's lots more people out there who are suffering. Um, but it does, from from my experience with the doctors, I was in treatment under the NHS for for this condition for eight years um, under the same doctor, and they're very stuck with it. Like they go treatment-wise, like they treat it like an allergy, so they treat it like a histamine-based mm. reaction. Um, so they sort of target it same way that they target like hay fever pollen uh, you know all of that so you antihistamines um they've tried me with painkillers they've tried i was on epilepsy medication at one point because they thought that maybe it could be coming it could be coming from like the pain receptors releasing like overworking in my brain or something Ain't like that, like i mean of this is a bit of criticism but also I understand that I don't have a solution. But it's like, ain't that a bit dangerous to just be taking a whole bunch of medication and just things? It's so hard. Just to just try a thing. It's so hard because I'm not going to lie, yeah, like with everything that I've been through medically, I love our NHS. I appreciate them like endlessly. I think they're amazing. But they are so limited in what they can offer because of the funding issues that they have mm. that they are forced to do a half-assed job mm. uh, sorry half-assed half job of everything and so it's very much just like oh we'll put a plaster over this problem a plaster over that problem and they don't want to investigate and find the root of the problem so i was initially told that it could have been caused by like a hormone imbalance or something like that just something 
not right in my body like but they it is very much a mystery as to why this has happened to me and what made it happen to me um sorry i've lost my train of thought um no i kind of i was just kind of asking like what what's actually happening to the body as well like the the exact because obviously explained in how it felt but do they know what is actually happening when the water is touching they, they've just said to me that it's my body sees water as like a poison so like mm. it's like it reacts in the same way as like you know a bleach being put yeah, on your yeah, skin yeah. or something like that do you know what I mean it's just something that it's trying it's trying to protect itself so the allergic that's why they say that my hormones may be imbalanced because it's like my body's confused it's fighting against something that isn't harmful to it but my body perceives it as harmful Mm -hmm. so i'm not really sure like that's why i'm so lost in the situation because all of the everything that i understand about this illness is stuff that i've researched and i've looked up and found out myself like it's not from the doctors from the doctors that are dealing with me because it's such a rare thing that they don't come into contact with it that much so there's literally that's that's really interesting. So and then also as well because what I was mentioning, which you might have had something on, was, was that I asked you about like well I was saying that just taking tablets, like oh, literally yeah. just taking tablets and stuff, just to try a thing is like it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? Because obviously they don't know, so then obviously they need to try and it's trial and error. But at the same time, it's your body, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think because I was so young, like, I was only 17 at the time, so, like, I was very just sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever I'll do. They know what they're doing, so I'll take whatever they give me sort of thing. Um, but I think I think it was, like, the third year of treatment, they put me on uh, gabapentin, which is, like, a epilepsy medication. Um, and I swear to God, I lost, like, a year of my memory. from being, What? From being on that like that whole year I'm lucky that I was a YouTuber during that time because I only I have no actual memory of a solid year of that treatment like because my like I have to go back and look through my camera roll and I'm like oh shit I did that I did this like see when you go back and you look at the picture by the way of the video do you then remember the moment then yeah I remember it then it's just like I have like I have really bad brain fog now like it's just like I'm really foggy in my head and it's just that's just one example like I've been on so many different medications for this and so many different I've done so many different treatments so I did UV therapy once which is basically like sunbeds under the NH under the NHS um but it's meant to sort of like strengthen the skin and sort of make it more receptive to like just stronger and harder almost so that it's not as sensitive to things like water and my skin just shed like a snake. Like I can, I can show you some pictures of it. It's actually disgusting, like shedding layers of skin like a snake. And like the, sh- the things that I've been through because of the process of just trying mm, to get mm. better, I just, it's ridiculous. And for them to now be at the point, like I've got to the point now with the NHS where they've wiped their hands of me. Like they've said, there's no more we can do we've diagnosed it as a water allergy and we've like they don't want to dig any deeper and work out why I'm not responding well to any of the treatments like they just 
kind of a happy for me to have the allergy to water diagnosis and just let me go and live that way. But so, so it's basically essentially here's the name for it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Damn. Like, so then, so then, what does treatment look like now? So I'm in a very funny, like weird position now because where I'm at is that I am steadily getting more unwell as time goes on. Like since they had that conversation, since the NHS kind of had that conversation of we've got nothing else to offer you, they said um, it would be a case of me kind of learning to cope with it and finding a way to make it more manageable. Um, But since then, I've had so many extra symptoms crop up. Like I now have this sickness condition called cyclical vomiting syndrome, where when I get stressed or um, tired or overexcited, anything really can trigger it. I am sick for up up to 18 hours um, every five minutes like until I'm hospitalised. I've been hospitalised only once this year, which is pretty good going. But um, last year, I think I was in hospital like four or five times with this sickness illness as well. Was there any like pattern in between the four or five times? Like, was there a specific thing that was going on? No, nothing specific. It was like, I think it, it gives me about three months in between. So I get like three months of being kind of like, I say well, but I mean just not, not with sickness um and then so every three months roughly i have a really intense sickness episode um and then i get put in hospital and put on a drip until i'm rehydrated and then they send me home and things like that like i go i go through it like i go through it i shake all the time like i'm obviously sick to that extent but i'm sick often anyway just randomly I struggle with eating Mm. because my pain levels are so high. So when I have allergic reactions, like for up to an hour or so afterwards, like I have no appetite because I just feel so sick. Um, I get a lot of migraines, like it's just endless. And they're just very much like, nah, it's just a water allergy, live with it. And I'm like, it's not a water allergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so much more to it. Yeah, that's how I feel. I just feel like if I've... You know, it doesn't make sense to go through eight years worth of medical treatment and not respond positively to any of it. Mm. Like, I feel like at that point you have to question, are you treating the root of the cause? Or are you like, because I don't believe that they are. Well, no. Nah, and I think that that's like, that is obviously a big problem that we have is that, and you mentioned it before, it's like putting the plaster on things. Yeah. And, and... People come in, come up with like all these different conspiracy theories for why they think that might be the case. I don't really know about that, but like all I know is is that it does sometimes feel as though the root isn't always the focus yeah. on what like on on dealing with a solution. It's more of like just constantly taming it. If you can constantly tame it and just get through life, then yeah. everything will be all right. But dealing with the root, obviously, yeah, in the long term. They never go for the root of the cause, and I don't see why. Like, it's it's obviously, you know, it is funding, and it is... Yeah, that's, I think it's a lot of that. It's a lot of funding. It's also, like, there's so many things. You know, like, there's so many things. I'm just going to go off track to come back here, yeah. but it's like... I even saying this to someone one time where I was like, you see, like, go with me here. You see, like, sex, for example, 
like obviously the feeling of sex and that is can be sensational yeah and also there can be the biggest blessing of creating life when it comes to that as well yeah. but do you know how many things can go wrong with sex exactly. oh my god you can catch this that and this this and lice and this falls off and that goes here and spots there and this then attacks that and this on the it's crazy it's a risk every time yeah it's there's like risk. so many things it's like sometimes you feel like I mean the risk is definitely worth the reward <laughs> to be most honest. time yeah more time it is isn't it? you know what I mean but then but then but then it's like sometimes you know what here's our antibiotic and like yeah that might just on the surface deal with it like but calm it down yeah but, but from the root aspect you know, it's a lot bigger than that. It's like, where are these things even coming from in the first place? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly that. It's it's a. I think it's um it's really interesting how many conditions are popping up that we never even knew existed when like back in the day. Like, I think part of the reason why it took it was so hard for me to get my diagnosis is because. When you say like oh allergic to water like you think what mm. like that is one of the purest things on earth it's like saying you're allergic to air or the sun yeah. but all are possible mm-hmm. like that i i've heard of someone who's allergic to the sun i've yeah, heard I of as well and someone who's allergic to air and it's just we are so cool. that is that is a that is brazy like terrifying i honestly like i am allergic to water and i cannot imagine what those people's lives are like. I cannot mm. even imagine. So it's it's terrifying that some people live like that. Yeah. But it's just, um, I think it's really fascinating that so many things that we thought never would be illnesses that could affect us. Actually are. They're, they're all over. You yeah. hear about allergies all over the place. And it's just, I just think it's opened my mind to not write anything off. Like, because... I have been faced with shut up you're allergic to water no that's not possible I've had that response so many times that I will never shut someone down again Mm. over their illness because I believe that anything's possible medically now yeah yeah definitely I think it's respect to like with all due respect to the people that say that because we that will be a a natural reaction to something that is so rare but it just comes out of ignorance yeah you know what I'm saying what do you mean no of course you can't like there's water in your system there's water in do you understand what I'm saying yeah what does how does this I want to go through like in different ways how it impacts your life like what is an average what does an average day look like for you or even a week what does what does that look like on a decent day so I the main thing for me is that I have to take every single day as it comes because I never know how well I'm going to be. I never know if I'm going to end that day in hospital or what. Like, So I just have to, you know, every day, best foot forward, and I just take it on the best I can. But from when I wake up, like, if you think about it like this, if you think about how many times you come into contact with water mm. in a day, like, from the second that you wake up, like it's my own water as well it's my, I'm allergic to water from my own body so from the first thing I do when I wake up I get up I go and do a wee I'm having an allergic reaction straight away like and then because of the splashback I guess like no Mad. one's explained it to me like they said it's not like 
you know, obviously you don't go to the toilet and like piss on yourself. No. Like, so it's not like... No, but sometimes obviously if you're sitting on the thing, let's be clear. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Do- you know, like, and then it sometimes you can get a little... But then even when it doesn't like splash back, like it's, they say, my doctor said it could be like just the humid environment right. of the toilet or whatever right, 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 right. it is. But for some reason I'm allergic to going to the toilet. So every time I do a wee my whole like back of my legs, my bum, like where I've sat down, that has an allergic reaction. So that's the start of my day, every day. And then the next thing is to go and try, after that allergic reaction will stop, I'll then have to go and get my tablets in me so that the next thing is that I'm trying to prevent sickness from occurring Mm. from the allergic reaction. And then it's time to kind of get something to get something in there to eat and then after that it's the next challenge would be for me to have a wash and get myself prepared for the day get dressed um how do you do that so on a daily basis i don't shower every single day simply because i would be dead like i would never leave the house i would i'd be isolated all the time so when it's shower day like I will allocate a whole day for that and I will do that in the morning I'll spend the rest of the day recovering and you know sort of just laying down and trying Mm. to recover from the pain um but on a normal day when it comes to washing I've got like a a bed bath solution so like this type of um wash solution that they'd use on like old people in care homes and things like that um and it's still water-based, like it's still got water in it, but I just can minimise the areas that I'm washing. So it's not like covering my whole body in water. I can just sort of like make sure I wash my armpits and like places that need washing every single day. Um, so then after that, I'd have an allergic reaction um, in the areas that I've washed and around the areas that I've washed. But it's just very much like, my day consists of avoiding obstacles like constantly like if it's a day that I have to leave the house like I'll have to make sure that I'm prepared for torrential rain to hit whilst I'm out so I've got a full body rain suit I've got a blue one and a clear one cold cold I mean not cold like that is in the style of that of course you need to change colours in that (laughs) yeah absolutely switch it up I'm going for pink next All right then um (laughs) and yeah I always have my umbrella with me like and then on the other hand I always have to have a handheld fan with me because I'm allergic to sweat of course I just have to prepare for every possible scenario that could hit me so it's just it's a long life. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a long life. <laughs> you got a relatively small bag today, though, right? Yeah, I know. I feel that. I feel like I've compacted it. Oh, I've okay. done. I've done quite You've done well. well. Yeah, I'll yeah. see that umbrella in there. Yeah, I got my umbrella, and also like I got an Uber straight here right. from my hotel, so I've minimised yeah, accidents. Risk, like I'm literally yeah. walking out of this door, getting straight in an Uber, going back to my hotel, getting my bag, going to the train station, going home. Oh, like yeah. so, I avoid. Like, you won't catch me walking down the street. Yeah, I hear that. Hell no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too late, I hear that. To bits. <laughs> so how do you deal with the... How do you deal with the emotional drainage? Um, That's a difficult one because... The best I can, I guess. Like, that's all I do is... It will... It drains you so much more than you ever expect. Like, from... You know from the point of just the actual physical pain that you deal with having to recover from that um 
and then dealing with the doctors constantly that's really emotionally draining and I'm obviously we'll talk about this later but I'm fundraising now for private medical treatment which is the most emotionally draining thing that I've had to deal with so far just because it requires such an insane amount of mental and emotional strength like you really have to be your biggest fan like you have to really believe that you can get through it otherwise you you become so when you first get diagnosed with illness it's really easy and i'd say it's like the first stage that you hit is to kind of enter into like a victim mode yeah like it's very much a why me? Why isn't this happening to my friends? Like, why isn't it happening to my family? Like, I don't deserve this, that sort of mindset. And I think for the first few years of this illness, I was I was very much in that mindset. Um, but it's counterproductive. Mm. Like, you don't move forward and you don't get better. You don't make progress when you're in that state of mind because I think it's really important to kind of find the reason as to why something like this is happening to you. So for me, when I got my diagnosis and I was forced out of like a full-time job and I wasn't able to continue with normal life because my life wasn't normal anymore. Mm. It very, like that's when I started YouTube and I started to talk about my chronic illness and what, what I was going through and what my diagnosis process had looked like simply because it was therapeutic for me at the time. But the more I did it, the more I realized that actually this is, this can be seen one of two ways. Like I can look at it as a punishment and a, you know, I can stay in why me mode or I can see it as a blessing. And I genuinely, and I genuinely see that, see it as a blessing now because I'm in a position where not only can I articulate the feelings that come with this illness and Mm. come with being so unwell, but I feel that, so from, from the point that I started YouTube and from the day that I got diagnosed really, I feel that the strength that this has kind of instilled in me is so phenomenal like the lessons that I have learned from going through this level of illness at such a young age like you've got to remember I I missed like my early like I was allergic to water and I was alert I was unable to consume alcohol by the time because I'm also allergic to alcohol by the way just to add that in there um by the time I was 21. So I've missed out on like my early years of like being a young adult. Like I was, you know, all the times that my friends were out in the clubs, enjoying lives, going to like, you know, going on girls holidays, I was at home and ill and I was having to work out my next step of how to be, how to maintain my health. So it's put me in a really different place to everyone my age because chronic illness does that to you like it makes you forces you to have to it puts you in a place that you wouldn't usually be in at certain ages like Mm. I've had to completely wipe out like all my milestones like it's my 25th birthday next week and I you know in your mind you kind of have an idea of by the time I'm 25 I'll have this I'll have this I'll have this but I ain't got none of that because my life went differently but now I see it as like 
I have gained so much from being unwell, as in I have gained a, a family, an audience across YouTube. Like I have managed to help a lot of people get to their diagnosis. I've managed to, you know, make a lot of friends through that. I now, you know, I get a lot of joy out of making my videos and being able to be someone that's, that other unwell people can relate to. And I just think that my mindset now, I'm so resilient and I am so indestructible because of the things that have been thrown at me and the fact that I'm still myself amongst all of it. I just think that I'm invincible. I'm a superhero. Like that's genuinely how I feel about myself because I feel that I can deal with anything that life throws at me now because I've dealt with this water allergy. And for that reason, I see it as a huge blessing because I don't know who I'd be now right. without this illness. Like it has shaped me in so many ways. Silver linings, isn't it? Um, it's, it's silver linings. And I think, I think that like, by the way, that's amazing. Thank you. That you've like, that you have that outlook and that you've been able to see it from that perspective. Cause I know that it's, it, it's not, it can't be easy. It's and I not. think And I think as well that like, you mentioned, cause I wanted to just go back to when you were saying that like your milestones of like what you thought that you might have when you're gonna be 25 or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Like I have come to realize anyway, irrespective of like an illness or not, is that like sometimes some of that is just an, an illusion of what, like a social construct in which we're taught that when you're supposed to, when you're this age this is supposed to happen and that's supposed to happen but I think it's really important to put out there that it's actually alright because life doesn't always work like that anyway no absolutely that's something saying? that we all need to do we need to unlearn those time 100%. scales because those those things are what like down the line ends up really depressing people especially Correct. like young men as well because um, what sometimes and I guess it's like different for different people but it's like as a young man you might say to yourself, ah, oh, like when you say to a 16 year old, ah, oh, what are you gonna have by the time you're 30? And his head is gonna be, I'm a multi-millionaire. I'm gonna have a drive a Ferrari. I'm gonna, my, I'm gonna have a big house and all of these type of things. And then you get closer to that eight, that stage in your life. And yeah, it happens for some people, but yeah. for a lot, it doesn't, yeah. especially at the time that we're in right now. And then it, you start getting all in your head on like, right, I'm a failure. Yeah. Like I didn't, or, you know, I haven't got the best out of life because I, these things that I thought I would have or that I'm supposed to have at that certain time didn't happen. Yeah. But now nah, it's cool. Like, we just have our different journeys. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes our journeys are like a complete extreme from what we see as the norm. Yeah. But, you know what? Like, the feeling that you may feel even with an, like, say like having an illness like this is like, well, not even just having an illness, but just in general, you know, like you're going through all these different emotions and stuff. And it's good to be able to understand them and to sit with them as well and like yeah. not ignore that their Yeah, you their have emotions. to feel them to work through 100%. them. 100%. And then after that is like, okay, what am I going to do to now get to a next point where I'm not like wallowing in victimism? Yeah, do you get exactly what I'm saying? that. Exactly that. And I feel that that was so important for me because I could have stayed in victim mode forever. Like I would have been well within my right. Like I'm allergic to water. I could I could complain for the rest of my life, honestly. But I just feel that I have so much more to contribute to this world than 
misery. Honestly, like I feel that I have so much positivity that I can pull from this scenario. Like there's so much, like I say, that I've gained and that I've learned. Like it has shaped me in so many ways. Like, you know, I know I said that I see myself as really resilient, but I'm also much more, like I'm so much more understanding of others. And in, like you were saying, like that social construct of what we think that our timescale should be. Like I've just, it's made me realise that with illness or not, we are kind of like, we're set up to fail by believing something that is not achievable. Like that idea of, you know, when your kids of, you know, I'm gonna have my my big house, I'm gonna be made by the time I'm 30. Like, it's not, like you say, always realistic for each, every person. And I'm so happy and lucky to have had that realisation early on that, what I aim for and the goals that I'm setting myself are never going to be on the same level as someone else like as my peers because I have to set realistic achievable goals for myself in order to not feel like a failure all the time like Mm. you say like you have to set achievable goals otherwise you're not gonna ever have that feeling of accomplishment like yeah yeah and for me it very you know it very quickly became the my unachievable goal was working a nine to five because I was having upwards of seven allergic reactions every single day during a work day, getting no work done. And in the end, I just had to be like, do you know what? I'm not physically capable of doing this anymore. Like I had to be fair to myself and walk away. And when I left my nine to five to start YouTube, it was then that I started to feel more myself because my I realized I was capable, just not of what I was trying to do at that time. I just needed to switch the goalpost. And then I had, I started to feel my sense of accomplishment come back and feel like, okay, yeah, you can do this. Mm. The trick is also as well, like there's a trick where it's like, if I have all of these things and I do all of these type of things by this time that I'm going to be happy. And that doesn't, that doesn't, no. that's not the case. There's always something else. Yeah. You get there, you tick off the last and thing, the and there's thing. always and something else. Thing. Exactly. Um, what does a night, what, what does a nightmare day look like? Like when you think of a day that has been like a nightmare for you, describe that. Um, so, I had a day recently which was pretty not good so i went to la recently in january i went for a quick holiday with because i've got a friend out there who who lives there and he said to me i'll come out come meet me and you know we'll just link up because he's from london so i went out to meet him and on the plane i had an allergic reaction like it was just a a minor one just I think I went to the toilet I came back was itching and I was really uncomfortable um but I didn't really think much of it like I kind of just rode it out and just you know there wasn't much I could do whilst I was on the plane um and I thought it was fine but then when I landed I got it I you know got through checkout got my case got in the car and got dropped to my hotel and as soon as I got to my hotel I started having one of my sickness episodes so I literally was got it C, was it C? Cic- cyclical vomiting syndrome oh, there's a, oh, okay yeah so that's CSV they, like they CVS CVS that's it CVS yeah. and um so I started having this episode as soon as I got to the hotel and that was the first like 
literal day of my holiday I was in bed vomiting into this hotel bin like I had to have a nurse come to the hotel room to put me on a drip to rehydrate and that was purely like when I have these sickness episodes I I sweat profusely like I'm covered in sweat so throughout a sickness episode I will be having other allergic reactions because obviously because of my skin skin. so you know I'm I was so uncomfortable like it was the worst day ever and I say that it was the worst like a nightmare day because I was away from my family like I didn't have my mum near me and I rely on my mum so much like when I'm ill my mum can almost like read my eyes like she knows me so well like she knows exactly what I need when I need it so if I have an allergic reaction and then I feel a sickness episode coming on off the back of it like I only have to say like two words to my mum and she's on it she's getting the medication she's getting what I need and it will get fixed but it was the fact that I was alone and I had to deal with it in LA with my mum like on the other end of the phone and it was just like it's just the unpredictability of it is that you think that you can cover all bases I thought I was so prepared for that trip and then I still got there. And then the first day I had to have a nurse come and come and look after me. And it's just like, it's the fact that no day can just go smoothly. Mm-hmm. Like even this morning, I woke up this morning, it's gone down a lot now, but I woke up this morning and my face had, like it was swollen. Like right. my eyes were puffy. Like I, it, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I was allergic to, mm-hmm. but I woke up with a big swollen allergic face this morning. So it's just, I constantly just deal with symptoms that I don't understand as well as the symptoms that I do constantly have every day from the allergies. And it's just like, it feels like I I always say to my family, it feels like I'm playing a game, but no one ever delivered me the rule book, ever. I'm just writing it as I go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's almost like a game that like nobody doesn't even really know what like the ending or like how where to no. go left right it's just like it's a game that's just constantly developing yeah constantly. and there isn't a rule and all the it. levels are shit yeah yeah every level is shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I mean you say that all the levels are shit but remember what we was talking about with silver linings no, and stuff I, like that I there's know. other levels where it's like it's unfortunate it's unfortunate that it is that but you know you found a silver lining exactly. which is a good part of a level in some in some absolutely. way absolutely no i mean? say that i say i say all the levels are shit but like this level that i'm on now like i'm i would say that i'm so at peace with who i am now because um when i first was diagnosed i isolated myself a lot like i really kind of felt that if i kept myself away from my friends and you know so out of social situations then maybe I could quickly get better and sort of like hop back in and no one would ever realize that I'd kind of been ill and gone for Mm. years um and then I I went through a big breakup at the beginning of last year like it was a six-year relationship and it was you know it's crazy when something that long comes to an end Mm. and when I went through that I then started to kind of push myself more to go out and be more in social situations simply because I was trying to kind of like discover who I was without my ex Mm. again like I was trying to discover like who was Nia before 
she had this boyfriend and before oh, yeah, she had course, this illness you, you were like so wait so I was in you came out of that relationship what just like recently, last year last year and you're gonna be 25 this yeah, year yeah right? so I was 17 so you were 17 so in between what 17 and 23 ish I was like a you, that you go through so you go through so many different changes in like who you are yeah. as a person and like when you're in a relationship with someone you all, always want to hope that you like grow together yeah but sometimes it doesn't always work like that. There's situations, circumstances, whatever. Sometimes you could grow apart. Sometimes there's a certain things that happen. Yeah. But you see, when you look at who you are at 23 or 24, even 25, to who you were when you were 17, you can yeah. see that there's like a big change. Yeah, absolutely. In like who you are and like what is around you in it. So then now coming out of that relationship and then trying to figure out who you are is now like a, another chapter of a book. Yeah, it's been... In the book. Well, so it happened, the breakup happened at the beginning of 2022. So I was lucky enough that I had like the whole of last year, like it happened January 2022. So had the whole of last year to just kind of just work on my... New year, new me. No, but for real, it was like, I really started to, you know, put myself out there socially again. Like I I started going to like the pub with my friends, like right. going out to clubs and stuff, things that I didn't, ever do before simply because I felt like because I was ill I just felt in my head like that it was written off like I felt like I was exempt from enjoying those sorts of things because there's just so many things that can go wrong in those situations like in a club someone can barge you spill their drink over you and then like over me and then I'm I'm my night's ruined but I very quickly kind of got to a point last year where I realized that if I, don't, if I wasn't putting myself out there and if I wasn't trying, I wasn't ever going to succeed and I wasn't ever going to start like working out what what did work for me and what didn't, didn't work. work. So last year was really, um, I spent a lot of time like rediscovering myself and trying to find a way to balance being, maintaining a social life and also not neglecting my illnesses. And I right. feel like last year I put, perfected that balance which is why I say I'm in a good chapter now right. because I'm happy like, I feel like I'm I'm enough of myself and enough of my illness I'm like 50 50 of each and when before I was like a hundred percent my illness what was I've got two sides to this question here but what was being in a relationship like while having this illness um Okay, so I'll start with... In from a hindsight perspective now, obviously. It was difficult. Like, it was hard because um, I was kind of lucky that the relationship started when I had just got my diagnosis. So it was very much like we grew and we learn about my illness together. Like, he was, I was learning about it at the same time that he was. So it was quite nice in that sense that I had someone by my side for like the worst of it like those those victim mode years where I was really in turmoil about I hadn't learned any of the positive lessons from it yet like it was really nice to have like moral support in in that situation um but I feel that it was it was really hard for us like it was hard for him as it would be for any one of my partners like to to relate like because he he is an able-bodied person like he doesn't have any illnesses or disabilities so he was 
always capable of so much more than me and he was constantly having to like sort of come down to my level physically to not sort of like put strain on me as in like just little things like he would he loved to go swimming and I could never be part of that so our holidays wouldn't be like our holidays that we'd book and you know days out like they'd have to very much be centered around me and mm. I, I can imagine that that probably took like quite quite a significant toll on his emotions because it couldn't be 50 50 it's mm. like it, I feel bad for the fact that like when I get into a relationship it does kind of become like you're almost like my carer like in the nicest possible way like mm. you're a voluntary carer because there's always the chance that I could fall ill and if you love me you're gonna you're gonna take that upon mm. yourself in it to help me and to assist me so I can imagine that can be like for me it was very positive to ha be in a relationship but on the other side of it I can imagine it possibly was it could be quite draining for the other person. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know what, like, when we get into relationships and stuff like that, yeah, somewhere subconsciously we are, like, caring for each other. But I think it's it, it's different because it's, like, it's a physical act that's playing out and there's possibilities that are so likely to happen that yeah. it, it feels like more of a thing. Yeah, right? no, I hear that. Yeah. But, like... I guess always, I mean, maybe I live in the idealistic world. It's like, no matter how draining or like difficult it might be at times, like when you really care for someone, it doesn't really, it's not really that. that. No, But it still obviously doesn't take away from just the difficulties of like, the, and especially at a young age as well. Yeah, for when real. When you're young and like you're, you know, you're thinking in your head that life is supposed to be this, that and whatever and you know, certain, and you feel limited, it's difficult to maybe understand why life is like that then. Maybe when yeah. you get, when you lived a little bit more, you see it from a different perspective, right? Absolutely. I think, I think, um, you know, things are for a season. Like yeah. they, you know, I will not be that person that I was back then forever because I'm not now I'm not that person now like I've already changed and grown so much and you know in five years time ten years time like I'm sure I will Definitely. be so different and so I think you're like compatible person like changes as time progresses like someone who might have been your soulmate at 17 isn't going to be your soulmate at 40 right. and that's just not necessarily anyway like you know that can be the case in some cases yeah I think that but, I, think I literally just had a conversation with, that is nuts a, couple, there are a few of our conversations I've mentioned on the pod before but literally just yesterday we was talking about like whether true love like if true love exists yeah and does it change so like is it true love if you met someone and you love them like this is true love yeah but then over a period of time you don't necessarily feel that way anymore it you might, you might grow a apart. It's different. In there. It's like, is it? Does it exist? Then is that what it really is? And so I'm like, for me, I feel like I've witnessed true love. I definitely have. Wit not for me. I'm not in my life, but through my mum and her, her husband who's passed away. But I do also think that like the majority of people don't experience that. But I also do think as well that what you was just saying that 
sometimes in this life, you people are in your life and they match your life for a certain period of time. Absolutely. And then like, as time goes on, things just change a little bit. And it doesn't even have to be a bad thing. It's just, you know, yeah. you just grow apart. You're just in a different stage in your life. You could be with someone, you can have a relationship with someone from 18 all the way up to like 30. And then you like, and then you're just not where you, once were and it's not it's just not really you don't feel this you love each other but you don't feel the same yeah I and then you can meet someone else now who like that this is supposed to be the person you're su- supposed to be with in that next chapter in your life innit yeah it's a different it's a, di- it's a difficult one I think I think true love definitely does exist in the sense that it can last for a lifetime yeah but I just think that it's so much rarer yeah than, definitely than we are willing to admit like we all like to believe like oh I'll, I'll, I'll meet my true love like no, this we will won't. happen to me we but, won't we <laughs> yeah, won't we honestly. won't only a small percentage of us really will yeah because I feel like if you're evolving like especially like the age that I was just talking about like from 17 up to 25 like I am next week like this is such a time of evolution for you as a person like you grow so much during mm. those ages like how can you possibly have someone with you the whole time like I I know that that does happen but I just don't feel that you can completely evolve and completely learn who you are going to be with someone attached to you I think you can but I think that you have to you have to have a solid agreement on how you go about doing that because sometimes that does mean Sometimes it might mean that you got to be over there and I got to be over there. Oh yeah, for whatever for real. reason. It only and you both works. got to be on that full same page. And exactly most that. people are not going to be on that to that degree. No, that's exactly know? what I was going to say. Like it only works if you're completely on the same page, and that's so rare. Like how many people do you come across that you're on the complete same page? As? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like you clash with people more time. Like it's not. What about snogging? <laughs> so I. On my lips, I'm all right, yeah. to be fair. Like, my lips are okay. Um, but, like, if there's, like, you know... If it starts to get If it's a messy one. That's how I sometimes, I like to, you know what I mean? I'm one of them, man, who just, I'm going all over the, the, the joint sometimes. But obviously, no, you can't that. always overcook it because it just starts to get all mad. I wanted to talk about this, though, on, on here today, because oh. I think, like, this is a question people ask me a lot, is about sex and, like, how I manage to be intimate when obviously my skin is so reactive to water, sweat, like, so that would include spit and sweat. And it's just like, I I don't give a fuck about how much pain I'm in, like when it comes down to that, because at the end of the day, yeah. Oh, can we spun? Or is it taggy? Huh? Can we spun? Because <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, like, I go through pain all day, every day. Like, who says that me going through pain or having an allergic reaction to wash my face is worth it, but having an allergic reaction for sex isn't? Are you mad? Exactly. Are you mad? I'll take a big, big allergic reaction for sex. Strongly. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? You know what? A quick... So, you're telling me that every day, obviously I've got to wash and whatever and I'm going to go through the madness and whatnot, and then, what, I'm just going to a half an hour or 25 minute slams I'm going to just say no to exactly because of nah you know what I'll take that one exactly I, I say like I put a fan on 
just point a fan at me yes like, keep me cool keep the body temperature down and then I'm going in like sorry I it, I deserve what, on tops and all of that I d- yes I deserve enjoyment <laughs> in this life <laughs> I just <laughs> the passion that came out then I meant that <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just feel but like you gotta like not spend too much time there though like, on the tops vibes yeah like I mean I've got yeah. a good excuse to give up early do you and know do you know what, what I mean? to be honest with you hear what I'm saying yeah do you know why you're alright with that because most let's be clear most women don't have five minutes on tops anyway like normal most don't most don't yeah. after a few minutes cardio is through the gone like a, a gym woman may be able to like yeah. think but like that's if she's cardio gymming. If she's not cardio gymming and she's just doing glutes, like she might she might be able to position, but in terms of like minutes, like, there's not much minutes in the tank like that anyway. So to be fair, what you're providing on tops is just reg- normal compared to most anyway. And I'm not going to lie yet, like I feel that with what I go through, like I as everyone does, like, I like sex. I'm a very sexual being. Like, I feel that I I deserve to enjoy. Like, I deserve to have that that feeling of being in, in control and being empowered. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same way. Like, who wants to just lay on their back and be, like... Also, what are you quite? Are you quite? Are you quite dominating? Not really. If you don't mind me asking, you could say like you could say so, but I, I think it comes from like I have such a lack of control over my life. Right. So. Yeah, you got to make it right. Yeah, I'm putting in a performance. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't have a lot of fun. Like, so if if this is a moment of enjoyment for me, like I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to make sure that I feel good about it. And I want to come out feeling like I want to come out of that situation feeling like a bad bitch. Right then, because as well, you know what? Like, really, as well, if you are doing it, if you are doing it, and there might be a reaction afterwards. You might as well have just went ham. There's no point just like yeah. just doing a mediocre vibes and whatnot to have a reaction. Literally. You might as well have come out of that on a vibe of, you know what, it's semi worth it. Do you know exactly, what I mean? Exactly. Like yeah. exactly. I've had that before, like where it's like shit sex and then you're I'm still having an allergic reaction. That, how tell me how annoying that must Fuming. be. Fuming. Fuming. <laughs> Like that is actually so unfair, are you joking? Yeah, You're telling me I'm in pain and it wasn't even good. It was whack. Honestly, it's got to go down like someone's watching, like it has to. I hear that. I hear that. I definitely hear that. So what's the, what is dating like now anyway? Um, it's, I'm not really focused on it. Like it's, it's been a weird one since, cause I was in such a long relationship. Obviously it was six years that was such a, like I said before, like such a period that I, such a period of growth mm-hmm. in terms of like the age frame that I feel just free now. Mm. Like after my breakup last year, like the whole of last year, it was just very much like, oh my God, I'm free. Mm. And then now I'm like, I just, I'm not really dating. Like I, you know, I go out for a dinner here and there, but I'm just, I need someone who's going to add something so mm so positive to my life like I don't need anything else that is gonna bring me down or cause me to feel negative because mm. I've just got so much of my own shit to deal with so I'm in a place where I'm so happy right now 
with like with myself and who I am I'm almost like a bit reluctant to attach myself to someone else again because right. I've just got myself back as Nia yeah. like just Nia so I feel that I'm enjoying being single right now so dating is very much like on the back burner yeah, yeah. on the back burner but when it's time like like I say I'm going to enjoy like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy because Exa- I deserve you, to what, exactly I was just about to say that you said it best anyway it's like you you deserve it yeah do you get what I'm saying yeah. like we all deserve enjoyment in it and like exactly. in, in in so many different forms holidays friendships going on place going places excursions um maybe even like food you know and sex yeah you know what and I mean? like i say i've deprived myself of all of those things for so long like mm. when i was first diagnosed i was so isolated i was so depressed that it just feels like I've just walked out into the world and seen it for the first time again mm. because I can now, now that I accept that I am this person who has this illness that and it isn't going away, I am not afraid to show up and be that person. Like mm. I will walk into any room with a rain suit on now, mm. like with my drip, like yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. me. I, I know why I'm doing it. And if anyone wants to ask me, I'll explain it. But I have never had such a level of like deep acceptance of myself like especially with this illness and because like I say I was in denial for such a long time and I thought it was in my head for such a long time that that's what is so important to me now is like showing people online through my videos and through my content that it's possible to maintain your sense of self amongst your illness like you can still have all of these traits and these qualities that you had before your illness came mm. still shine through and still be really like defining qualities of yours like alongside that illness like mm. it doesn't have to just be i'm ill now so i stay at home no fact like, talk to me about the fundraising that you're doing so the fundraiser is like i said about the nhs i've come to the end of the road with my treatment journey with the nhs so got to the my last appointment that I had with them was in 2020 and they said to me there's nothing else we can do you just need to find a way to live with this comfortably whatever that means like I don't know how that's possible Mm. um so before the NHS let me go they had run blood tests for a condition called polycythemia vera which is a blood cancer which can cause these types of symptoms um and it came back it said that i didn't have it um but i found a doctor in germany who works at the university of munster in germany and he is more like he's really well he's really familiar with dealing with this with with this illness and they specialize in pruritus the exact type of itch that i suffer from and i went for a consultation in germany um in 2021 it was now and they said to me that they are very worried that it could be being caused by this type of blood cancer that the nhf that the nhs haven't found so the doctor in germany explained to me that the type of blood cancer it is it can hide away from the from the blood tests for quite a few years before it's picked up um it can be up to five years it can be sort of like just 
not picked up on blood tests. So the NHS won't keep testing me for this, even though my symptoms are getting worse, they can't keep running these blood tests because they've checked it once and they've gone, nah, you don't have cancer, you're fine. But the doctor in Germany believes that because of the severity of the symptoms and how how steadily my symptoms are multiplying, he believes that something more serious like blood cancer could be the underlying root of the cause. Um, there's a few other things that it could be, like he said, it could be like hepatitis B or think there's quite a few different things that it could be. Um, but there's a long process now of me handing over my medical situation, my medical care completely to Germany because they will actually investigate the situation to the depths that I need them to in order to actually treat the cause and hopefully improve my symptoms in some way whatever that may be so it's really difficult because it's all a big what if because mm. I am at the stage where I'm waiting to go back to Germany when I have enough funds to pay to deal like to pay for the cancer treatment if that's what it is right so that's what they've said to me they've said in an ideal world when you come back for your testing and diagnosis if at that point we diagnose you with this this blood cancer or whatever any other root of the cause other than just the water allergy diagnosis that you already have then you need to have the money there to get treatment right. like they wouldn't be able to like just send me home with this blood cancer sort of thing. They want me to have the money ready so that I can stay in hospital and be treated right, right, right. there. How much? So it's very expensive. Like, I don't know how much you know about like private medical costs, but- um, In this country, I know it's expensive for sure. It's, but, yeah. it's, it's so scary. But um, my first consultation, so just like a sit down face to face in the room, I think it lasted about 25 minutes. That cost 800 euros. Thousands go up. Um, my testing and diagnosis stay, so that is going to be a five-day stay in the hospital where they obviously do whatever tests they need to do to find out if it's the blood cancer we're dealing with or if it's something else. Mm. That's costing 6,200 wow. euros. And it, it's going to go on like that. So they've taught. So so far, I've raised over twenty thousand pounds, which I'm so proud of. Like I'm Amazing. so grateful Amazing. that through social media, I've been able to raise that much money. Um, but they have told me that I shouldn't think about coming back until I've got about fifty k to sort of enable me to stay. And almost like relocate to Germany if that's what they need me right, to do. Right, so right. if I need to stay in the hospital, the money's got to be there, there so that yeah, I, because yeah. I can't be like, wait a minute, go back on. Oh, yeah, do, yeah, do a little raid. bit and then. Yeah, yeah like, no, I, I can't, can't be doing like that. that. So <laughs> it's a it's a difficult one because I've kind of been turned away from Germany with like this big question mark over the big C word, and then I've just got to like. You just got to go and just got to find the cash find now, money. like. You know what? I'm I'm supporting that. Thank I'm supporting you. that, and like, the link to that is in the description. Thank you. Um, and it's on the screen right now as well. Um, but yeah, the link will be in the description anyway. So listen, you know, no one is obliged. No one is obliged. This is the first time I'm hearing this as well. But like, if whatever, even if it's just the you know 
every little helps in it. Anything like every helps. little helps in it. So don't feel like you got to go in there and do a madness if you can't afford to do that. But any little help. So yeah, please, please like, please. Plus, times are hard right now as well, no, and like it's understandable. The way the situation that we're in, like. Obviously, I'm a content creator anyway, so mm. even if you're unable to donate like physical funds to the GoFundMe, like you can help me out just by by watching my TikTok videos, like yeah. by watching my YouTube videos, like just streaming my my stuff. Like it does all contribute towards mm. the the medical care. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you don't actually want to give a donation itself, like I appreciate anything and everything that you contribute towards even hearing my story like right. the fact that you guys are listening to this right now helps me yeah i honestly i appreciate you coming by and, thank and, you and, i really um, appreciate you having and me. sharing your story and stuff like that honorable shout out to your family especially your mum yeah, as well mom it too. must be like very uh, when you talked about going to L- la yeah no matter how cool and composed that she probably was about it, I'm sure she was like very, very apprehensive and nervous about she said going in. She probably ang- lives with that quite a lot. Yeah, because she- you are, no matter how old you get, you are her baby. Yeah, for Do you real. get what I'm saying? Exactly. And I always need my mum. Like, yeah. I, as an ill person, like everyone knows, isn't it? Like when you got a flu, who are you calling? Yeah, it's mum. You're calling mum. Like, yeah. because mum knows what to do every time. So when I'm ill, like obviously every single day, the one thing that I like to always have there, like just my, my permanent object is my mum. Like yeah, she's yeah. there. And as long as she's there, then I know I'm safe. And that's the hard part about being away and being sick because exactly. you're away from your comfort. And like, sometimes the comfort is not even just about the bed, it's the voice. Yeah, exactly. And it's the aura. Exactly. You know I, mean? I spent so much time on the phone to my mum that holiday, I swear to you. Yeah, I bet. But it's... That Did you it, get to go out and stuff though, in the end? A few... Do you know what? I didn't get to try in and out Oh, because man. I, in and out burgers slapped. Because I was though. sick. Like, yeah. I had no appetite the next day. So I, I ordered a Popeyes, yeah, and I was yeah. eating this Popeyes and it was like cardboard. Like, I hated it. And I was thinking, do you know what? Like, I've got to go home. Like, yeah. there's no point me being here. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I, I can't that. eat, what's the point? Yeah, like, I hear that. Because that, that's part of the experience, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it like. really ruined it. Like, it really did. But um, it was it was a good experience. And like I say, like, with the fundraising, the fundraising journey that I'm on, like, that was a trip that I took to kind of spread my story mm. out there and sort of tell people right. about my, what's going on. So Have I you had, met anyone else that have, like... Not in person, I haven't. I've had a few people kind of reach me by DMs and stuff like that, but um, I, I'd love to have a link up, have a, like a water allergy link up yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. create like a group of friends <laughs> that get me. <laughs> so, and see like the people that do reach out, are they not in the, are they just in various different parts of the world? It's, I've had a lot of Americans reach out, but I guess it's just cause the size of America, like I guess yeah. it's just like the population, like there's gonna be more people there yeah. that are suffering. So it happens a lot in America, but there's, there's quite a few people here as well um, in the UK, but it's just, it really varies. But one thing I have read online is that they say that it's it's more common or seems to be more common amongst mixed race people, which I, interesting. Think, I think that's really interesting. Primarily mixed with Nigerian, which I am. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that's, um, it's something, yeah, it's something to do with, it seems to get Nigerians a lot more than any other 
race. That is really, really, really interesting. It is, isn't it? But I, I haven't done like enough yeah. research into it myself. But that's what um, is on like the the medical research, research the official okay. medical research for the condition. Which yeah, I'd I've, love to learn more about that. And if so, there is anyone that can help me or even us understand um, that aspect of it, like I'm, I'm more than willing to 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 hear it yeah and to see i'm intrigued yeah really intrigued well listen thanks though and i'd love thanks. to have you back again though yeah it'd be really nice you know it'd be thanks good to just me. check up on you again in like you know maybe half a year or something like that yeah and just, absolutely like, and just, i'll be back like, try yeah. and get rid of me nah, nah. <laughs> is there anything that anyone needs to know about by the way so it can be anything it could be a book you've read um it could be a documentary it could be a film it could be it could be a garment like it could be anything anything have you seen anything recently that people need to know about what i will do is i'm gonna self promo slightly go for it so um i i of course make videos on youtube teaching people how i deal with my condition and how i face life with my condition so i have a lot of advice and a lot of product recommendations and things like that on my YouTube. Um, but I'm actually taking a slight step away from YouTube at the moment because I'm starting to write. Okay. So I've been writing a few different a few different books. I'm starting some projects. Um, so I will be releasing a book next year. Cold. And I will want you guys to keep your eyes out for that because it is aimed at I don't want to give away the name, but it's it's aimed at achieving things after you get a medical diagnosis right. and staying, you know, still elevating and moving forward despite yeah. the illness. So I think, you know, anyone dealing with chronic illness in any way, I feel like it would really appeal to them. Okay, sick. Sick. So yeah. give me a follow. Well, yeah, I will do. And also, just let me keep me updated and let me know what you're yeah. doing in regards to that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll come on here and talk about the book. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on. All right, listen, love. Nia. Thank you. Thank you it's for Nia. having me. Yes, yeah, Nia. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming through. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah? Love. That was good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.